You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Praising Forward. Enjoy. Hallelujah. We're just going to jump right into it. We're calling this Praising Forward. Praising Forward. Um, 2019 is not over. You know that, right? Would it shock you to find out that, that what God wants to do, you, do with you and for you in the remaining weeks of this year could be greater than everything else that's happened so far this year? That we're coming into a climax of 2019, that God is just waiting for you to praise Him and to thank Him and to receive all that He has for you? We refuse to listen to dark voices. What is a dark voice? A voice of discouragement. A voice that whispers to you and, and, and tries to discourage you, tries to take your, your confidence away from God's love for you, away from what he's provided for you, and put the focus on yourself or on anything else that would undermine your confidence. But you have the victory. You have complete victory. 24-7. No one can take that from you. So we're going to praise our way forward into the fullness of all that God has for us in 2019. We're going all the way. And I, I love the holidays. They're, Thanksgiving is probably my favorite holiday of the year. And you know, you get to be around family members coming from different parts of the country or maybe the world. And, and when you've been spending time with the Lord and meditating on the finished work of Christ, and then all these different family mem members gather, it's fun to see them and you love them. But boy, you hear the way they think. It's like, wow, what have they been meditating on? Right? They're frustrated about the weather, about their job, about... Um, the, the politics, about sports, you name it. And they go, wow, God, you're so good. You're so good. We live differently. Don't you allow frustration to come into your life. Doesn't matter what the Red Sox are doing. Thank God they won the World Series. But so what? Right? Doesn't matter what's happening in our government, in our nation, around the world. Jesus is our king. Do you know that you are both a king and a priest? This has never happened before. Because of Christ, we become a chosen race, a royal priesthood. That wasn't possible in the Old Testament. You had kings and priests, but now you're a royal priest. You're a kingly priest. God's got you covered. He set you up and he seated you at his right hand with his son. Far above every discouraging thought. Far above every strategy of the enemy. So we're going to praise our way into all that he has for us. So thank God for family, and I love being together. It was a very special time. But you got to know that more important than biological relationships is your intimacy with Christ. We're not on this earth for our biological family. We're on this earth to know him more. So don't let anyone else's thinking move you off of the finished work of Christ. No matter who they are, great-great-grandpa, who may have accomplished amazing things in this world. And we respect our elders, 
But you know, wisdom doesn't come with age. It comes by the Spirit of God. Psalm 119, what is it? The verse I'm thinking of. Um, Oh, how I love thy law. I meditate on it day and night. Your, your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I understand more than the aged, for I, for I meditate upon your precepts. Right? I observe your precepts. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to praise our way. We want to give you an opportunity today to give a testimony. And we'll see how much time we have. But we want to just give thanks unto the Lord today, okay? Uh, we want, so we're going to have the mic available to you in just a little while. But before we do that, we want to look at the, at the power, the supernatural resurrection power of praise. Praise is the last thing Satan wants you to do. He doesn't mind you coming to church. He doesn't mind you going through any kind of religious ritual. He doesn't mind when you read your Bible. But the last thing he wants you to do is to put your confidence in the one who made you and believe that God has given you the victory. And believe that who God is is showing up in your life, that you are who God says you are, that you have what God says you have, and that you can do what God says you can do. Philippians chapter 4. Let's pray before we read. Father, thank you, Lord, for your presence right here in our midst. We're so glad we're not living by the negative perspectives around us. We're so thankful that your word, your promises are yes and amen in our lives and that your glory is manifests in us, that we are in Christ brought to fullness and made complete. We thank you, Lord, that we're in him, made full, having come to fullness of life and filled with the fullness of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are a mighty river inside of us that no dam can stop. Thank you, Lord, that your joy is our strength. Thank you that the peace of Jesus Christ, your very own peace, Lord, is a garrison around our minds, guarding our minds. Thank you that your joy permeates every, every thought and, and, and every, uh, every dimension of our soul. Quicken us, Holy Spirit. Strengthen us now that we would leave here transformed, that your joy would lead the way in our lives, that all that you've purposed for us in would unfold before us in these remaining weeks. We receive it and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Joy is a commodity that you can't get anywhere else but in Christ. We're talking about joy that nothing can take away. Joy that is unstoppable. Joy that is from heaven and not from earth. Philippians 4, starting in verse 4, probably one of the most important exhortations in the Scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. Rejoice in the Lord all the time. Again, I will say rejoice. Put the message translation up there. Celebrate God all day. Every day. I mean revel in Him. That's pretty radical, isn't it? Put the New King James back up there. 
Celebrate God all day, every day. Revel in him. Rejoice in the Lord 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Again, I will say rejoice. Why is that so important? Because we're living in in a fallen world, right? Satan's the god of this world. Negativity is the natural flow of this world. Negative, dark thoughts are the natural currents in the atmosphere we live in. And you have to recognize that. That's why we need an internal power source. That's why the scripture says in 1 John, greater is Christ in you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The negativity in the world is weak compared to the spirit of God in us, right? It's weak. But you have to recognize any negative, depressing, discouraging thought is never from your father. Never. We, we sometimes can be in the midst of negative circumstances, or sometimes it may, it may be not necessarily a negative circumstance, but a fear or a worry about how things are going to turn out. And Paul is instructing us by the Spirit of God to trust in the Lord and begin to rejoice in Him throughout each and every day. This is probably the most beneficial thing any human being could ever do, is praising Him. And this is probably the thing that Satan has tried to keep the body of Christ from doing. He doesn't matter mind if you pray 24 hours a day. There's a lot of prayers that are prayed out of fear and ignorance instead of joy and faith. And prayers prayed in ignorance and faith just don't work. Ignorance and and, um, fear don't work. Joy is our victory. Jesus is our victory. So when we're rejoicing in the Lord, we're refusing to be discouraged. No matter what, we're refusing to be discouraged. Verse 5 says, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is right here, right now. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. There's thanksgiving. Are we on that verse, verse 6? With thanksgiving. That was the holiday we just celebrated. But you know, every single day is thanksgiving for us. We are celebrating the bounty of the Lord every single day. I like how the Amplified says, verse 6, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything because it's never from your father it's never from your father but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition what is that definite requests with thanksgiving Continue to make your wants known to God. I was talking with a a friend this past week or so, and they were talking about a ministry that they were following, and this ministry began to teach them that you are not to ask for God directly. You're not to ask God directly for things. That, That that's not our place, that that's presuming upon God. And that you you shouldn't approach God unless he speaks to you first. Can you imagine being taught that? 
Ask is one of the things Jesus said over and over and over and over again. God has already exercised his initiative. He wants you to bring your definite requests to him daily. You know what's fun? Right in the midst of a fear, yell out a definite request. That's the opposite of that fear. Whenever the devil's trying to make you afraid of, you declare the opposite of it and start praising God for it. Turn it right back around on him and start worshiping him. It foils his plans. The message says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises, this is good, shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns, praise will transform the way you think. It will shape your thoughts. Don't wait for God to do something before you start praising him. Don't wait to feel better before you start believing you're healed. Don't wait to, uh, for the money come, to come in to believe that you are not lacking. Now is the time to praise him. And I like how it says in verse 7, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good. It's all coming together. Let's say that. It's all coming together. Let's say it again. It's all coming together. What's coming together? All of it. Every good thing God has for us. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. When you begin to worship him and, and just turn that negative right around and begin to praise him for his promises fulfilled in your life, it, a sense of God's victory and wholeness begins to transform you and, and you begin to know that it's all coming together. That the Lord is working all things out for my good. He's accomplishing the things that concern me. And it'll settle you down in a good way. That peace of Christ. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. There is no place for worry in the life of one of God's children. We're done with it. Right? We're done with it. It's something the world is very good at. It's something biological families can be very good at. Relatives can be very good at. And they want you to join in with them. And instead of being thanksgiving, it becomes a complain fest. Right? Complain giving. Right? But it's not for us. We don't join in. We're not down and out. We're in and up. Right? We're full of the Holy Spirit. We've been seated with Christ. There's nothing down about that. We're as high as you can get. Every dark thing is under our feet. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We're new creations in Christ. We're strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We're full of faith in the Holy Spirit. The resurrection power of Christ is giving life to our mortal bodies 24 hours a day, seven days a week. These are the things we know. These are the things we meditate on. These are the foundations of our decisions and our thought life. Jesus. It's a different way of living. It's a different way of living. New King James, verse 7. And the peace of God. That's the irene. That's the wholeness, the prosperity, the oneness, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
So since I've known the Lord, it'll be 30 years in the spring, and I've been around different people and different holidays and different things, I just sit there and I don't try and argue. I just I say, God, you're so good. Inside, they're doing their thing and they're worrying about this and talking about that. And I just think, God, I'm so glad that you opened my eyes and that I know you. Do you know you can believe in Jesus and not know him? I was talking with a friend who was visiting, wonderful person, but as they were talking, I realized, you know, they know their religious tradition so well, but I don't get the feeling they really know Jesus. They're committed to living a, a moral life, to doing good works and helping people out, which is wonderful, but I don't know, I didn't get the, the intimacy with Christ vibe talking with them. I look for that intimacy with Christ vibe. Like, oh, this heart, this, this person I'm talking to, they spend time with him. They walk with him throughout their day. They know his voice. They know what he's done for them. Guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Those are the criteria that every thought must meet if it's going to stay in our minds. It can't just meet one of those. It can't just be true. You know, there are things that are true about someone, but you don't need to say them. Maybe that's something that's best left to deal with privately. So just because something is technically true or really happened doesn't mean I need to talk about it with somebody. Right? It's got to meet all of these criteria. You can take something that's true about someone and turn it into gossip. Right? Respect someone's privacy. Respect, you know, we're, we, we've all been through stuff. We might be going through stuff right now. There are things you don't need to say about someone else. Is what you're about to say going to truly help the person you're talking about? Is it going to help the one who's hearing what you're saying? We're just going with the Holy Ghost this morning. That's all. I love it. What does Ephesians 4.29 say? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for the edifying of the hearers. That's what we do. So before we open our mouths, this, this criteria is in our thought life, right? It's got to be true. It's got to be noble. Like gleaming, knight in shining armor, noble, you know? It's got to be just. It's got to be pure. It's got to be lovely, edifying. It's got to be a good report. I don't need to share a bad report. I've heard lots of bad reports. I don't share them. What good does it do to share a bad report about someone? It doesn't do. Well, we have to talk. Listen, before you open your mouth, consider, is what I'm about to say, does it meet these criteria? Is it edifying to the hearer and to the one I'm talking about? God is so good. So are you ready? Here we go. Let's go back to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. That was a little warm-up. Then we're going to look at the power of praise in action. 
Praise is by far the most powerful weapon mankind could ever know. There is no nuclear weapon that can come close to the power of worshiping Christ. There is no weapon made by man or made by Satan that can compete with a heart worshiping Christ. It foils every strategy and scheme. It opens the door for the Holy Spirit to manifest himself in the midst of your situation, to break the bondages that you've been dealing with, to shatter addictions, to turn you in the right direction in your life. Nothing is more powerful in this world than praise. Nothing. Nothing more powerful. And that seems like an odd statement. You say, oh, come on, give me a break. What are you talking about? Praise. Hallelujah. God is good. That's not what we're talking about. What is praise? A heart that is committed to experiencing Him. Praise is a heart that refuses anything less than the real Jesus. I refuse to go with what people say, what religion says, what tradition says, what politics say. I'm taking Jesus at His word. That's worship. You know, when Satan came and tempted Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, 2 Chronicles 20 is where we're going. When Satan came and tempted Jesus and, and G, uh, to, to, to just bow down once, just one time was all it would take, just once. And Jesus said to him that you shall worship the Lord your God only. He was quoting from Deuteronomy. If you'll go back and read Deuteronomy, it says, fear the Lord your God only. Fear the Lord and worship the Lord is the same thing. Anytime you see fear the Lord in the Old Testament, put worship in there. Right? Worshiping the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right? Turning the focus of your heart to who He is and what He's done for you is the beginning of wisdom. Worship. It's... it's Powerful. So in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, now in the New Testament it tells us all the stuff that happened in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, we can learn from it. But we're not under the Old Covenant anymore. It's been done away with. The Mosaic, the Sinaitic Covenant, the covenant that was cut on Mount Sinai. The covenant we know about is a covenant God made with Abraham, which is 400 some years before that, and that Christ fulfilled. So we're in a new covenant that's been ratified by the blood of Jesus. The, back, we're going back to the old covenant reading. They had a different relationship with God, but there's much to be learned for us in the new covenant here. We'll start in verse 1 of 2 Chronicles 20. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab, the children of Ammon, and, the, and with them other besides the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. So these are different nations that are coming against Jehoshaphat. Then there came uh, some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on the side of Syria, on this side, Syria, and behold, they be in Tamar, which is En Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. So why was he afraid? He knew that something was coming against him that he could not handle. 
That's an opportunity to be afraid, right? He's been, he's been given a report. He knows the report is quote-unquote true and that something's coming against him that is stronger than him, that's wiser than him, that has more resources than him, that he can't handle. So he sa- it says he feared, but thank God he didn't stop there. He turned his focus to the Lord. So if fear tries to enter your life, turn your focus immediately to Christ. And that fear will go. Verse 4, and Judah, and Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. And out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So they've got the right focus, right? They realize they can't handle what's, about, what's coming. So they're turning their focus to the one who can. That's always the answer. Turn your attention to Christ. And if you keep your attention on him, you won't have to turn your attention to him. Right? Well, just keep it there. Just lock it in. Right? People with their minds stayed on you, you keep completely whole. Isaiah 26, 3 in the message. Right? You will guard him and keep him in constant and perfect peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you. So Jehoshaphat stands up in the congregation in verse 5 of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord. And in verse 6, he begins to pray. He says, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? What's he doing? Reminding himself of how big God is. Right? Wait a minute. This, this, these armies are coming against me. I don't have the resources to deal with this. I'm going to get squashed. But wait a minute. You're our God. And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our, O you, are? Now we're talking about relationship. The God that is over every nation, the God that can do anything, is our personal Father. God is my Father. What am I afraid of? The maker of heaven and earth, I'm born of him now. What could ever make me afraid? God is my Father. Who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gave it to the seed of Abraham, thy what? He said, our God, Abraham, your friend. This is relationship. When you start coming into relationship with your father, you begin to experience the provision of your father. If you're in religion with your father, you won't experience the provision of your father because religion has no provision for you it's relationship with your father that opens a door for the provision of your father to show up in your life and they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary then for thy name hallelujah saying, if when evil comes upon us as a sword, judgment or pestilence or famine, those things are all evil. We stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house. 
God's name represents who he is. And cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. Hmm. Let's just jump down for time's sake to verse 11. Well, let's, let's read verse 10. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade. When they came out of the land, who turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. So God's people were right where he wanted them to be. They were on his possession. He gave them that land, and here comes Satan to try and steal it from him, from them. Satan wants to take what rightfully belongs to you. You've got to know that. Satan wants to take your health from you. I'm telling you what, I don't know if I should say this yet or not, but I, I think I'm going to anyway. I think 2019 is going to be year of the Spirit. I asked the Lord for a theme for each year. This is year of too much, 2018. And boy, has it been a year of too much. Too much of God's blessings. My head's still spinning. It's all been amazing. But listen, year of the Spirit. Why do I bring that up? Because year of the Spirit, a relationship. It's time to have relationship with the Holy Spirit in your daily life. There's nothing weird about Him. There's nothing goofy or strange about him. He is the air you breathe. He is what every cell of your body needs to be whole. He's the very spirit of the living God. Year of the spirit. And it's a year of walking in the spirit, not in the flesh. I know why that hit me, because of healing. Healing, health belongs to you. You need to be healthy. You need to be healthy to fulfill your destiny. Health belongs to you. You need to live your life on this earth whole, healthy and strong from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. That belongs to you. Don't you let Satan or anybody else talk you out of that. Wholeness is your possession. Health is your possession. There is a fire inside for you this morning to lift you up, to light you up. Satan is trying to talk God's sons and daughters out of the land he's given them. And that's exactly what's happening here. Prosperity is your inheritance. It's God's desire for all grace to abound unto you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God the Father chose to make his son poor that you might be rich. These things have not been preached enough. Prosperity, wealth belongs to you. God doesn't want his people struggling trying to figure out how they're going to afford a home. Boy, this makes Satan mad. But we don't care. It's your inheritance. Amen. Jennifer and I were talking one of the nights on the way home. <laughs> you know, Jesus talked about when, I think it was Peter who asked him, well, what should be done for us? We left everything and followed you. And he said, you'll get a hundred times as much. Right? Homes, lands, family. 
in this life now. That's what Jesus said. And we were talking, said, you know, Jennifer, we need 100 homes. We got too much to do. We need them. What a different way of living. God wants to prosper you. Year of the Spirit. Verse 13. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. It's good to go before the Lord with your kids, with your wife and your family, your children. I love, I think the most favorite times we've had, as far as I'm concerned, as a family are in the Lord's presence. Believing God together. Reading his word together. Speaking his word together. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite, a priest of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord. Year of the Spirit, in the midst of the congregation. And what would the Spirit of the Lord say to his people? Listen, hearken, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, be not afraid. Is God consistent or what? That tends to be the first thing he says to us. Why? Because fear is never from him. Never from him. Fear will cripple you. It will weaken you. It will confuse you. It will hinder you. It will trip you up. It's never from God. Don't give it one moment of time in your life. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. Boy, is he strengthening me right now. I needed it. Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of your circumstances. No matter what circumstances you might be in the midst of, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed because I'm your God. For the battle is not yours, but your Father's. Wow. <laughs> I just thought of a time when I was a kid. I must have been four or five, and we lived in western Pennsylvania, and it was a pretty good snowfall. We got lots of snow south of Lake Erie. And uh, we were at home. We lived at home. It got broke into a number of times. I don't know. I remember at least once or twice we had a guy show up at the door one time, and uh, he was drunk, and face was all bloodied up, and we had some inter- an interesting neighborhood there for a while. But one, one day, I remember being home, we heard his things start hitting the house. It was snowballs, no big deal. But, and then we had our, an elderly woman live next door, Mrs. Deletto, who used to invite us in for circus peanuts after school. <laughs> On a silver tray, yeah. She, she'd say, come on in, kids. Real nice lady. And she'd have these circus peanuts on a silver tray in her dining room. She was great. But anyway, these, this group of kids was throwing snowballs at this elderly woman's home. And I was a little kid, and I was getting mad. And my dad got his coat on and ran out the door. And I thought, now you're going to get it. My dad's coming. That's this right here. The battle's not yours. My dad's coming. But now you're going to get what, what's coming to you because my dad's got his coat on, and he's out the door. I remember looking out the door, seeing him running through the snow, like, yeah, go, Dad. <laughs> so the battle's not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they come up 
by the uh, cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Verse 17, you will not need to fight this battle. You do not need to fix your problems. Let me say that again. You do not need to fix your problems. You do not need to figure out how the bills are going to get paid. You need to worship him. You need to let your father lead. Let him put his coat on and run out the door and do this thing for you. You will not need to fight in this battle. You do not need to fix your problems. Just position yourselves. Position yourself. Calm yourself. Tell yourself to calm down. Position yourself in the presence of your Father. Stand still. And behold the salvation of the Lord who is with you. He's in you in the New Testament. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. I like that stand still. That is so contrary to our culture. Don't stand still. Hustle. Work your fingers to the bone. Give it everything you've got. And if you kill over, it's all right. That's not God's way. A friend of ours, uh, Josh Roberts, I don't think his, is his book out yet? He called, he's a, a pastor up at International Family Church with Pastor Jonathan Del Turco. He's working on a book. I don't know if it's out yet. It's called Faith is the New Hustle. <laughs> Favor, excuse me. Favor, excuse me. That's even better. Favor is the New Hustle. God's favor on your life. Be still. Stand still. Stand still. Picking yourself up by your bootstraps, there's a better way. And, and I, I know that that's a common uh, thing, you, you, and it's good. You want to have initiative. You want to uh, employ every gift you have. You want to utilize your skills. You want to grow. But there is a better way to move forward, and it's standing still. In fact, Psalm 46.10 says this, Be still. Another translation, Cease striving. Let go. Relax. There's only one way you can really do that, by knowing that I'm God. Psalm 46.10 in the message. Can you put that up there? I like this. Step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me. Your high God, your Father, above politics, above everything. 
That's what the Holy Spirit said to his people. Stand, position yourselves. Stand still. Step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics, above everything. Verse 1 of that same Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength. One translation says, mighty and impenetrable to temptation. A very present, a right here, right now, abundantly available for help in trouble God in tight places. Therefore, we will not fear. Be still, the Holy Spirit said to God's people in the midst of a circumstance they could not handle. Verse 18, Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord worshiping, there it is, the Lord. And the Levites and the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord our God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Nothing has changed in their situation. Their circumstances are actually getting worse because their enemy is closer to them now than, than, they, they, than they were before they started praying. What are they praising God about? With a loud voice on high. Get alone with God and get loud with God. Get loud. Jesus, you're amazing. Thank you for working everything out of my life. Thank you for leading and guiding me and my family. Thank you for accomplishing everything that concerns me. Thank you for your rich provision showing up today. Thank you for meeting every one of my needs according to your glorious riches in Christ. Thank you for transferring the wealth of the wicked to me, your child. A loud voice. Faith will make you loud. There's nothing timid about knowing who your father is. With a loud voice, and they rose early in the morning. Why would you get up early in the morning when trouble is heading straight for you? Because you're focusing on the one who made you. And they went forth into the mess, into the wilderness. And this is probably my favorite part here. Well, we'll get into it in the next few verses. Jehoshaphat, their leader, the king, stands up. He says, listen up, everybody. Believe in the Lord your God. Try and put yourself there. They're heading into the mess, into a situation they can't handle that is more than they can bear, that will destroy them without God. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. It's almost like it doesn't matter who your enemies are. It's exactly like it doesn't matter who your enemies are. It's almost like it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. It's exactly like it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. You shall be established. Believe his prophets. 
so shall you prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out in front of the army. What? The last place, naturally speaking, you want musicians, is in front of the army. <laughs> and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Musicians don't have warfare training. They haven't gone through the training. Instead of working with, with guns, they're handling guitar strings. Praise is the most powerful weapon you can ever employ. There's no automatic weapon. There's no uh, atomic weapon. There is no uh, weapon by use of satellites. No matter what we've got today, nothing is more powerful than trusting in your Father. Jehoshaphat had a revelation of this, so he puts the worshipers in front of it all. And what do they begin to sing? Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. What does that have to do with anything? They're marching into an enemy that's going to crush them, and they're, they're singing about God's mercy. God's mercy means your victory. Don't you remember when the blind man said, Have mercy on us, Son of God. Mercy means healing. Mercy is who God is, freely extended to you. So they begin to sing about how good He is. Praise the Lord. His mercy, His kindness, His power, His love, His provision is forever extended to us. And when they began to sing, so they were physically doing this. You've got to physically open up your mouth and praise Him. You've got to physically open up your mouth and begin to thank Him. Right in the midst of it. When you feel lousy, when you feel like a failure, when you're hurting in your body, when it seems like there's no way you're coming out of this, stand up, position yourself, and make yourself be loud because God is your Father. Jesus! Jesus! Come on, let's say His name. Jesus! Right in the midst of your challenges. Come on. Jesus, your mercy endures forever. Your mercy endures forever. Your mercy endures forever. Your mercy is my victory. Your mercy is my health. Your mercy is my provision. Your mercy is my wisdom. Your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Your mercy endures forever. Your mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, excuse me, and when they began to sing and to praise, what happened? Come on, this is real life. This is not a fairy tale. This is how we live. This is you in 2018, going into 2019. When you position yourself and open your mouth and be loud unto the Lord because you know He's your victory, what happens? The Lord set ambushes. The Lord set ambushments against them. They didn't do it. 
They never fired a shot. That's the best way to win any battle. Don't have to waste one arrow. Arrows cost money, you know. You don't want to waste them. The Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, the enemies of, of God's people. Now look what happened. Look at verse 23. This is so God, so supernatural. So all of the enemies begin to fight each other. See, this is what happens you start praising God. The demons that were harassing you start fighting each other. They don't understand it. They, they were trying to get you upset, and all of a sudden, now they're just fighting with each other. Jesus. They start fighting with, they start slaying and destroying each other. Wow. And when they made the, an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. The devil is so confused when you praise God. It, it just doesn't make sense you praising him. Because the devil thinks he's greater than God. But we know nothing can be further from the truth. He's not strong. The devil's weak in your life. Alcoholism is weak. Drug addiction is weak. Depression is weak. Sickness is weak. Jesus is strong. Jesus is strong. He's stronger. He's stronger. He's stronger. He's stronger. Wow. And then Judah comes forward toward the watchtower. They're still jamming. Their amplifiers are on 11. And they looked under the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies. Their enemies were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. And all they did was sing. This is how we're living now. This is how you're going to fulfill your destiny. It is through praise and worship. This is what we're doing. This is what's going to take us all the way through to the fullness of God's provision in 2018. We're going to praise Him. Start now. Just start worshiping Him. Anytime you find you have some idle moments or you're driving somewhere or you're doing something, start you're, you know, doing a chore or just something you don't have to be uh, mentally engaged with, start worshiping Him. Start praising Him. Redeem your time. But that's not all God did. Look at the mind of God. He could have just defeated them. And they're good, right? He could have just stopped them. But He wiped them out completely. But He's not done yet. Why? Because God has more in mind for you. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them, what are we talking about? Their wealth, their provision. They found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies, precious jewels. Why did they bring this with them into battle? So God's people could have it. The very things that the devil carries to, to taunt in your face, the Lord will give you. 
when he starts taunting you about what you lack and what you don't have, just watch how God will, will bring it into your life. The provision that you need. The very, the very riches the devil tries to steal, God will put in your hands. Precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves. Notice God didn't come down and say, what are you doing? Whoa, whoa, whoa. God set them up. Religion has taught people to deny the prosperity that God's provided for them. This was God's plan. They didn't ask us. They're just singing, his mercy endures forever. His mercy means your provision. How much more than they could carry away. They were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled themselves in the valley of Baraka, which means blessed, for they there they blessed the Lord. Verse 27, they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem uh, and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them to go again to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. See, rejoice in the Lord always has to do with God's provision in your life. Hallelujah. They came to Jerusalem with psalteries, stratocasters, Gibson Les Pauls, and trumpets into the house of the Lord, maybe even a gretch. And the fear of the Lord was in all the kingdoms of those countries when they had heard the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest round about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nothing more powerful than praising your Lord. Whatever you're facing, begin to worship him. Father, we love you. Right here, right now, we open up our mouths and we bless you. Right here, right now, we give you praise. Right here, right now, we declare that you're greater than anything that could ever come against us. Right here, right now, we worship you and say, thank you, Father. Your mercy endures forever. Your mercy endures forever. Your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Lord, for fighting our battles for us. Thank you for so much provision, we can't even carry it, Lord. Thank you for too much wealth, too much provision. Thank you, Lord God, for riches, for precious jewels, for your very own provision for our lives. Thank you, we shall never lack again. We shall never be broke again because you are our father and our praise declares it hallelujah in jesus name at highway church we want to help you grow in your relationship with jesus christ and experience the abundant life he came to give you if you'd like to learn more about god's amazing love for you please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today 
and taste and see how good He is.